Welcome, everybody. You are back on The Daily Drive with Denise. No matter where you are in the world, we are so thankful that you stop by and that we get this time together. Like I say every single week, our mission is to help people move forward, help you feel better, help make better decisions, and harness that innate gift we all have called intuition, the ability to problem solve, that little tiny quiet gift that sometimes we let pass by. Well, there's no second guessings here. We're purpose-driven, and we like to connect you with some fabulous people, all walks of life, to amplify the message of how using your intuition, mindfulness, and creative energy helps us live with a more deeper sense of purpose, trusting our life, and living more fully. My goal is if we help one person move forward, then we've helped the collective consciousness. And that's what I love about all my guests because every guest that comes on this show has a shared belief in supporting individual and collective growth. And I bring on some of the most fabulous people, and today is no exception. We always do start the show with a mindful minute. Today, I want to talk about creativity. You know, so many of my clients say, oh, Denise, I'm not as creative as you. I can't do that. I didn't have artistic training. And I always say that's absolutely not the truth. From the way we speak, spice our foods, to choose the clothes we wear. We make creative decisions all the time. Sometimes we just don't realize it. So for my mindful minute today, I want to remind everyone to be creative. You got to put it into your routine a little bit every day. And how can you do that? Be open and aware. Be a perpetual student. Try new things. Expand. Try to come out of your comfort zone and maybe take a new class. Recognize the things that zap your energy. Maybe put your device down. And be open, open to trying new things like music, art, poetry, writing, dancing. Now, our show is powered by Drive Media, where we offer programs to transform your personal and professional lives with some things like executive coaching that will help you grow your business, your confidence, develop your charisma, intuition, and, of course, the underpinning of all of our work, is to move forward. You can find some of that information at drivemediaandconsulting.com. And of course, you can find out more about this show at thedailydrivewithdenise.com. Why are things that are creative important? Ah, they help us move forward in more ways than one. And I have a wonderful person with us today who is the founder of a nonprofit organization that I all want you to take note of. Creativity for Older Adults. Encore is out of Maryland with programs for older adults. And wait for it. It's for bringing music back into lives of people that may have sung in high school, never sung before and beyond. These musical programs stretch New York City, Virginia, D.C., Denver, Pennsylvania, Ohio, and more. What I love about my guest today, Jean Kelly founder, was that when COVID hit, she did not do anything to miss a beat, but extend her programs. And she's here to tell us how she moved forward. Jean, are you with us? I am. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you all. Thank you for coming on. And I, I there's so much to say about you and your organization. I'm not sure that we can fit it in an hour, but we will. 
<laughs> I can talk fast. <laughs> <laughs> what, what I want everyone to know, well, first of all, tell us what inspired you to start this organization, Encore Creativity for Older Adults, and what it really means, because there's a depth of it. Well, Encore is the nation's largest choral chorus program for older adults. And as you said, we, we are based in Annapolis, Maryland. Uh, we have 1,400 singers in Maryland, Virginia, D.C., and New York City. And they're all 55 plus with an average age of about 72. Wow. And yeah, some of these singers um, have sung their entire life. They started in school and they've kept it up in community choruses, etc. cetera. Uh, some of them haven't sung for about 20, 30, 40 years because they've been busy having great careers and raising wonderful families. And then we have some that have never sung before because they call us up and they say, I just want to be able to sing happy birthday. I just want to feel comfortable with it. So you ask how I got started with this. And, uh, well, it's a long story, but I'll try and make it short. I spent my career as an opera and oratorio soloist with major symphonies and opera companies. But you, and say, so that, I, you say that rather quickly and lightly. I mean, how does someone even get into that? <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, we know I, everyone I, on, the, on the show knows that that just doesn't happen overnight. Did you? Were you born well, with it that? doesn't. <laughs> I I think you have to be born with an instrument, but certainly years and years of training help. Uh, but my parents believed in it and, and provided me with lessons. And then I went on to undergraduate school as a voice major. And then I went on to graduate school as a voice major. So this uh, is your passion. Of, it's my passion. And uh, then I just went from there and started auditioning. And um, so was it easy. Oh, no, it wasn't easy. It's never easy. <laughs> <laughs> it's downright scary. But uh, I'm a mezzo soprano, which means I'm in the middle. And uh, so I wasn't competing with thousands and thousands and thousands of sopranos. Um, but I, I did have a nice career. I always loved teaching voice. Mm. And I did a lot of teaching voice. And one day I got a call from a continuing care retirement community that said, we have some older singers who would like to have a voice class. So I said, well, I would love to do it. Mm -hmm. So I went over to, to their uh, facility and they were like sponges. They loved it. They ate it up. They were excellent students. They tried hard. They wanted to get better. That was their prime thing. So you really had um, an idea and you went with it. In other words, you weren't necessarily a teacher of, of older adults at that time. You were a no. pretty famous opera singer. Well, I was uh, doing a lot of teaching at that time. Oh, and okay. I had some older students, but not 72 years of age, 80 years of age. Mm -hmm. You know, my students were kind of in their 40s, early 50s. And um, so I did this class and the class quickly morphed into a chorus. We had about 30 singers and I loved it. I just loved it. So and an idea so was born. Basically. An idea was born, okay. but then the idea was taken further. Uh, Dr. Jean Cohen, who was a renowned uh, gerontologist, 
was asked by the National Endowment for the Arts to do a study on creativity and aging. It was the landmark study in that topic. And he came to visit me and said, I hear you're working with some older adults. Are you interested in taking on being the head of the music portion of this study? And I didn't know what I was getting myself into, but I thought, well, this sounds fun. I'm up for a project. So I took it on, and actually it was the best thing I ever did in my entire career. Uh, I had to start – oh, sorry, go ahead. So you had a little aha moment, and it seems like another idea was coming fast and furious, but you embraced it, which I love. I mean, Yes. Did you have any fear in it? I mean, landmark study? No, it was my intuition. Okay, good. (laughs) And I just saw – uh, such po- such potential in these older singers, mm-hmm. and they, um, I, I, I gave them respect. I, um, I worked with them vocally, and they got better. They told me their speaking voices were getting better. Um, their articulation was getting better. It was all good. So I had to uh, start three choruses for the study. And we had um, as su- the the main gist of this study mm-hmm. was the effects upon older adults who had the opportunity to study under a professional, and that was the key word, professional conductor or musician. So this not was just, no lightweight study. They were. Serious. It was not a lightweight study, <laughs> right? And the study um, at the before the singers got started. And and they came out in droves because at that time, that was 2001, Mm -hmm. at that time, many older adults who signed up for a chorus would walk in and they would be given a song sheet. No Mm -hmm. music, just words. And there was no challenge. There was no learning. It almost seems like it pandered down a bit. Am I right about that? Right. Yeah. Right. They and I use the word they dumbed it down. Mm, that's they a strong looked, word, Gene. Yeah, it is a strong <laughs> word. They looked at a group of older adults and thought, well, this is good enough for them. And I looked at those older adults and um, I treated them like a younger chorus. I had, um, at that time, I was also conducting the United States Naval Academy Women's Glee Club. Wow. And I had 85 young women that were, they were great singers. I looked and demanded as much out of those older adults as I did out of my younger singers. And it paid off. And I think too, what what I think I'm hearing there is like you, as you said, you gave them respect and you did not see, you did not see any age. You did not, you did, your diversity filter was off and you're like, look, you've got to perform like everyone else. And what I love about that was they probably felt your energy that you weren't putting a label on them, you weren't pandering to them, and they rose to the occasion. It's so important how we share our energy and how we they share did. with others, right? They did, and it it um, it was a great study. They were um, interviewed by medical professionals before they started singing, mm-hmm. and then they sang for nine months, um, did a concert in the middle of those nine months, and one at the end. And concerts are always great to look forward to. Right. Um, a, a, a way to serve their community and be stars in their community. 
And what we found at the end of nine months of choral singing is that these people had fewer falls. Mm. They took less medication. They had fewer doctor visits, fewer hospital visits, and they suffered much less depression. They had their morale was so high. I remember when uh, I was reading a little bit about you and your organization and in hearing those facts, I was like, that alone is worth its weight in gold, right? And it was it something is. there was, you didn't distribute any medication. You just no, let them no. sing. <laughs> <laughs> we just gave them, and part of it was that we chose music that was going to challenge them. And it was going to make them sound excellent. I mean, we weren't giving them Verdi Requiems or Brahm Requiems. We were giving them music that was excellent choral music, but they were going to be able to shine. They were, um, you know, as a voice ages, uh, you have to take into consideration how high a piece is. You know, I wasn't going to choose a piece that had continual high B flats in it. Mm. Uh, sopranos wouldn't like that. So, um we, we chose the right music, and they loved it, and the study went on for four years. When did the study a, end? Uh, 2004. And I have a question for the people that are in the study, or even now. Do you ever find that when people are joining your organization, they have, you know, maybe trepidation or confidence well, issues? And what do you do to I, get around that? Yeah, that's an excellent question. First of all, um, there were no auditions, none. If we were, if we had put that they had to audition, we would have gotten maybe a quarter of the singers. After, wow. you know, when you get to a certain age, you don't want to audition. <laughs> so <laughs> we've auditioned our whole life for things. Right. So there were no auditions and the rehearsals were during the day. That's kind of like two key marketing points. Make it easy it, and accessible. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And that is what we did. And uh, so it, it worked very, very well. And do you find that uh, your students, and you do have quite a few, even in the midst of a pandemic, do you find that the retention or the repeatability is high? Do they see the benefits? Oh, my gosh. Our retention is stellar. Um, people just don't drop out. They just keep coming. Um, and so they and stick around and they, they stick around. We have had singers that have been with us. Um, I have singers that actually are still with me from 2001. They were in the study. And what so do you, that, and what do you that think, is truly amazing. And do you think through this, they found new things out about themselves? I would think so. Right. Beyond I oh, don't yes. fall and I don't take medication. Like what blossomed right. blossom for them? Like where did you take them on their journey? Like what did this well, open up for them? It opens up a whole lot of things. I mean, not only do we just have our rehearsals during the week, mm. um, uh, but we give huge community concerts. Our partners include the Kennedy Center. Mm -hmm. The Kennedy Center uh, presents us in the Kennedy Center Concert Hall every December the 26th. Wow. Now, that is quite huge. something for an older adult to be a part of. And they uh, found that through singing in a chorus, they would meet new people. Mm -hmm. They would meet new friends who had different um, interests. And soon they'd be going to the opera or they'd be going to a Broadway show. Or we also have sleepaway camps 
Wow, that's um, pretty fabulous. Yes, it is, and they're a load of fun. <laughs> and so uh, they're they're rooming together at sleepaway camps, and uh, we also do uh, concert tours in uh, Europe, one a year in May. So, and are you so, are you the brainchild behind all of these programs and activities? Is there more that like how did you grow your organization? I know that you you said you started teaching for a few older adults and then it led to the 30 person. I mean, we're, we're now at the Kennedy center. So how, right. did, how did Jean build her organization? <laughs> because everybody well, on this line, a lot of the listeners do tend to be uh, high level entrepreneurs and mm-hmm. we're looking for ways to like, what, what fuels you? Like what keeps you up at night? How do you keep going? I mean, you've got uh, well, 1200 people relying on you. 1400 uh, 1400. People. I stand corrected. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, in order to be successful, there has to be a need for what you're doing. And there was definitely a need for an excellent choral program. What happens is that as the voice ages, um, it changes. It's, that's what happens in life. And a lot of these um, people were members of very, very well-known choral organizations and suddenly their conductor said you know your voice isn't quite matching the younger voices maybe it's time for you to find somewhere else to sing well that's absolutely devastating that's horrible yeah because choral singing is a way of life to so many people out there and i i immediately saw a need we need to we need to build an excellent program that is going to keep choral singing going as they have known it their whole life. We are not going to water it down. We are going to have excellent rehearsals. They're going to be challenged. We're going to present them in fabulous venues Mm -hmm. and we're going to make it happen. And we did. But when you say we did 14, are you running this? Do you have people that work with you? Like, and where, where are you using your intuition to grow the business? Like, it seems like a lot of work for one person. It is a lot of work. (laughs) Yeah. For the first five years, I pretty much conducted all the courses and we were up to about, I was conducting 10 choruses a week. It Mm. was a lot of work. That's a lot of work. And then I brought con- uh, one conductor on at a time. So we're now we're up to nine conductors and they are brilliant. They all enjoy working with older adults. They have a passion for what they do. Mm-hmm. Is it hard um, to find passionate people that are willing well, to see it is, your vision? It is hard um, in the beginning, it was hard to find conductors when you would say, well, this is uh, conducting a group of older singers. And they just didn't have the mindset for what those older singers can do. Mm. And how did you shift um, that mindset? Like, what well, did you do to convince them? Try it out? They tried it out and they just they just got, they, they figured it out. They, they were delighted with what they heard. So how you know, do you manage, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, you, that's but okay. I do have to ask this. It's kind of boiling under my tongue here. So you've got really successful conductors and it sounds like you do have really successful singers that might've been ousted because of age, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And you've got you who's very successful. Now, how do we, 
run the organization when there's probably a lot of very successful and opinionated people that want to help. And right. some, some of you just want to be singers and well, others should um, be conductors. Yeah. We have an artistic director and that's me. So I choose all the music with the input from our conductors. We get together and we talk about different scores that we're interested in doing. Mm -hmm. We come up with a good program. We have an executive director that takes care of um, uh, grants and and um, just external. How do you keep us out front? Right. We have a PR person, a wonderful PR person. Uh, we have um, uh, someone that works closely with me and a, and our associate artistic director. Mm -hmm. So now, uh, in going into our 14th year, wow. we have, we are, um, you know, we have a good, we not good. They are simply excellent. Um, uh, and we run the organization together. So, uh, where are you taking your organization? I know I would like you to talk to our guests a little bit about how you brought it virtual and how you didn't let the doors fold. I think this is right. about, ingen you know, ingenuity, yeah. intuition. Yeah. I mean, you got, you've got 1,400 people. What are we doing with them right now? Right. Well, March the 12th, we had to shut down our entire program of live rehearsals because it just simply wasn't safe. When you think about choral singing, you think about a lot of articulation and you think about being close up there, you know, shoulders touching shoulders. Right. And it was just going to be very dangerous to sing. Um, the um, medical experts said that if you did not have 20 feet um, to the left and right, forward and back of each singer, you should not try it. And by the way, you wow. should try and rehearse outside where the ventilation was much better. We couldn't do that because some of our choruses are a hundred strong. So right. for two days, we were in a state of shock. What are we going to do? And then I went out to my conductors and I said, all right, guys, send me, start to make videos. We made videos of vocal technique. We made videos of posture as you age. We made videos, uh, we would rehearse a particular uh, song in our repertoire and put that on a video and send it out to them. We sent over uh, 38 videos within two months. Wow, congratulations. But by April the 1st, we went to Zoom rehearsals. Now, that is where uh, we send them a link and they sit in front of their computer, just them. They can't hear any other person singing except themselves. Mm -hmm. And they, of course, are watching the conductor and hearing the conductor. And all our conductors are singers, so we would be singing with them. And we Zoomed until the spring semester was finished. Unfortunately, we couldn't. Uh, we could not perform any of our large 15 concerts. And that, that was sad for our singers. They love to perform. Right. But right around May 1st, I thought, we, well, we started to get emails from our singers saying, this is fabulous. You have to keep it going. Because by that time, we had to cancel all our summer sleepaway camps 
And I'm sure that was upsetting as it is. Well, they were they were fabulous camps. One was at Washington College in in um, Chestertown, Maryland. One was at the Rock Hall of Fame in Cleveland, Ohio. We have three programs. I should say that to your to your people who are driving along listening to us. We have three programs at Encore. We have Encore Chorale, which sings a traditional choral repertoire. Mm-hmm. And then we started about six years ago, Encore Rocks, because we are the generation responsible for rock and roll music. <laughs> that's so, right. So we started a rocks chorus, and that's become very, very popular. And then just last year, I found that people were starting to have to drop out of our programs because of early dementia, early Alzheimer's. Right. How so we you, started. How did you notice that? Was that just well? They you couldn't saw a keep decline? up with it. We could. They couldn't keep up with the music. Okay. I heard from um, you know their spouses or their care partners. Um, it, it just wasn't. It was beyond them. Mm-hmm. So we started a program called Sentimental Journey Singers. And that is for um, early, early Alzheimer's Mm -hmm. and other forms of early dementia. And they come in, the singers come in uh, with their care partner and they sit together and they sing and they love it. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, it really serves a purpose. So my mantra is sing for life. I love that. That's how you close your emails. Yeah, and now, well, my I, I close my email by singing by saying "sing on." A sing on, right? <laughs> Up still, a great close. But um, now they're now they are really going to be able to sing for life, and, and I think probably uh, extend their life. If I was to put my, oh, my magic wand out there in so many oh, ways, yes, definitely. But now that I explained the programs, getting back to the camps, our rock and rollers were actually going to perform at Cleveland Rock Hall of Fame. And then we were having a brand new camp out in the Colorado Rockies. Mm -hmm. And then we were returning to Chautauqua for our 13th year. Wow. And everything had to be canceled. And we also had to cancel our Ireland concert tour. And we were going to be guests of the Bialtina Choral Festival. Did you feel stressed Uh, out personally? uh, I felt uh, stressed. And I felt sad. What did you do and, to process that? Like, what do you do? What's your well? Your when, <laughs> breathe. <laughs> <laughs> Deep, low breathing that you use in singing is great for stress releasing. It lowers blood pressure. It just, it just calms you. Okay, so you're going to have to take me through that right now so the guests can learn as well. (laughs) Well, you you don't take your short clavicular breaths. So if you're standing in front of a mirror and you're watching yourself breathe, if your shoulders are going up and down, you're not breathing properly. You're not breathing low. So you breathe low back breaths. And I always say use a straw and suck in your most favorite, feel like you're sucking your most favorite milkshake through that straw. And you're going to be able to channel the breath lower into your body. You're breathing into your lower back, into your lower lungs. And that just is what you need to support your sound. I mean, it's a, it's a long story, but that's 
it in a nutshell. And uh, so I, w- I would just breathe and I would say to myself, this, we're going to have to figure this out. This can't go on forever. Mm-hmm. So we have to figure out what we're going to do in the meantime. When all my colleagues in D.C. were sh- were just going into hibernation with their choral programs, we were figuring it out. So when you so say, by, yeah, figuring it that? out, tell us what that yeah. feels like. This is an idea that came in the shower, collaboration. How does well, I knew how much they loved those videos. Ah. So my husband and I were talking and he is now ex- acting executive director of Encore and he's superb. <laughs> I said, they love these videos. Let's offer classes and let's offer Zoom rehearsals right. six weeks in the summer. Keep them busy. These people are serious about staying in in, quarant- in quarantine. They are right. really serious about it. And give them something to do. Give them a purpose. Give them something to look forward to. Um, and uh, try and drive off this isolation that many of them are feeling. Mm. And he said, yeah, and I have a great name for it. He said, let's call it Encore University Summer School. Great. And there you have it. So we are now, uh, next week will be our fourth week, and we have 935 singers from 28 states and the Washington, D.C., registered in this summer program. So the silver lining of all all this pandemic thing is that Encore has a new breath of of breath of how we do business it's like almost a new revenue stream of sorts well yeah i mean that that's good but now we can reach people all over the country and really all over the world i had Um, i had another client that said a very similar thing they said well we used to do uh, we used to have our offices coming out of canada And no one really took us seriously, even though we had Los Angeles and New York offices because they were afraid that, you know, we were a Canadian-based firm. And then when the pandemic hit and we all went uh, virtual, so to speak, that went away. It was like now we all all had to learn technology. We all had to look at it in a different way. And it's remarkable, the silver lining. Right. Although, Although we do have Zoom fatigue now and again, but I think we'll have to discover something for that. Right. Well, we have we actually have singers. We offer four, three or four courses a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can they are there are uh, I think fourteen classes a week that they could take advantage of, and we have some that are there all day. They take every class. That's remarkable. So they just um, and the the good thing about it is that when you are in live choral rehearsals. Mm-hmm which lasts for about an hour and a half for us. You don't have time to work on vocal technique or you don't have all that time to talk about music history. And now we do. There are separate classes in vocal technique. There are separate classes in music appreciation and rock appreciation in um, um, music and movement uh, we have classes in social social justice and music. Wow. I mean, our classes have been just stellar. Tell me a little bit and, about the classes with social justice and music. 
Oh, they've gone. Uh, they did the um, uh, the all the 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 riots of the '60s and the and the music that went with those riots. Really? Um, they did. Uh, yesterday, we did the March on Washington, 1963, and the Peter, Paul, and Mary, and the Bob Dylan. It's just been really superb, and the singers love it. Well, so we- now, we're going to do it again in the fall. So this is going to be a 15-week course, just like our normal rehearsals are 15 weeks, and then we perform. We're going to do 15 weeks of rehearsals. And we are going to do 15 weeks of classes, and we will we'll be working uh, in our Zoom rehearsals towards doing a huge virtual concert. What? So and you've got. I've said it throughout our entire talk today. You've got a lot of energy, and you've got a lot going on in an incredible program. So. Congratulations. It's really, oh, well, thank you. It's really fascinating. And I and I hope, and we'll give the information of how to connect with you and your programs towards the end of the show. But what does Jean do for Jean to keep her motor running, fueled? I, a- I sail my sailboat. Okay. I play with my grandsons. They're seven and nine. Uh-huh. I don't play with them anymore. They don't want to play with Gigum. They want to, you know, but... Right. spend time together. Um, I take long walks through Annapolis, lovely historic Annapolis. Um, but we're avid sailors and that's a real stress releaser for us. No, that's we love awesome. that. You found something, you found the click. Do you, do you plan your day every day? Like, do you have a morning routine? Do you have a schedule? Do you use some oh, yes. a planner to keep it straight? And what does it look like? Give us some behind the scenes of Jean. Well, I get up at six and I feed my cat and I um, drink coffee and I read the Washington Post and I catch up on many, many, many emails and then we're ready to rock and roll at um, 10 o'clock for our first class. Uh, that's a, always a rehearsal. And um So, or if I'm not busy doing that, I'm watching other conductors doing it because I figure I can always learn from other conductors. And, um, and then I just, you know, check in on the classes all day, but it's, it's also up to me uh, to uh, think about how Encore is going to go forward. What is the, if the fall is zooming, I'm quite sure the spring is going to be also um, online. Probably at this point. I I doubt we will have a vaccine by then. Mm. And um, so always thinking ahead. And uh, I am 70, and it's uh, going to be time soon for me to step back a little bit uh, and bring on another artistic director. I will kind of have my watchful eye on things to make sure that – Uh, Things keep going forward, but uh, we want to do some travel when countries will allow us to do that. (laughs) So it sounds Uh, like you guys are, you have a, you, you, I wouldn't say you're, it doesn't sound to me like you're overplanned, but you do have a plan. And it seems to me like some things fell into place and uh, Encore grew, uh, grew. Would you give any advice Again, we have a lot of people that run and build businesses here and uh, are sort of emerging industries. What would you tell people 
that are going to start something new. I know you said there has to be a need. How would they know if there's a need or, or if they're, the need they think is a need is truly a need and where they could follow their intuition to grab that and move it forward? That well, kind of advice. when I was starting Encore, I looked around and there were no programs. And I, I, I immediately knew that there was a need. Um, you know, if, if I were a, a great example, you know, we live in hist- uh, near historic Annapolis. We, we walk there. And there are um, now three shops that sell bags made out of sales, old sales. Mm. That's not going to work. Three <laughs> shops. <laughs> they should have thought about that. They should have done some um, research maybe. Yeah. yeah. So you got to do your research uh-huh. and you have to demand excellence. You, and, and, and customer service is absolutely the tops. We give our singers the sun, moon, and stars. Um, we always um, have them um, in the front of our minds. What, what will make this program successful and what will make them happy? And they keep coming back and they keep thanking us. Uh, so you just have to look, keep looking around and service, saying how. Service yeah, above service, self. Right. How can I make this better? Yep. Okay. So as we're kind of coming to an end, first of all, I want to thank you for your time. I greatly appreciate it, but I want you to tell our audience the best ways to find you and Encore Creativity for Older Adults. Where do you want to send everyone? Well, you can go to our website. That's the best way. Encore, E-N-C-O-R-E, creativity.org. And just go online. And um, our fall um, Encore University course catalog is already up. Uh, We're asking people to register, please, please, by August the 1st. During pandemic time, music publishers are not publishing music as fast as they were. So we're a little nervous about getting the amount of music we need. So we need to know who's coming in. Um, and this is not only for people who love to sing, it's for music lovers. Um, as I said, these classes are just tip top. And uh, somebody the other day, um, uh, and, and this summer, uh, we offered it for $50 for six weeks. It was kind of like an olive branch to our singers to say, thank you for staying with us. Mm. And we figured it out. It's about 37 cents per class. <laughs> <laughs> Something ridiculous, but we could do that. Wow. We, we, we could do that. Right. So the tuition for the fall is $150 for 15 weeks. Um, you can take advantage of about 15 classes per mm. week. Uh, so it's a good deal. What it sounds to me like, uh, Gene, is that it would be worth any amount of money for fewer falls, uh, less medication, and more creativity. That's kind of how I look at it, you know? And what I think is that we need more people like you that when an opportunity presents themselves, you know, chance favors the prepared mind, not only seeing a need, but trusting your intuition, and and moving forward and like i said before and i firmly believe this we cannot be a success unless we help other people be a success i'm so thankful that we've had this time with gene kelly please if you like the show like it and share it 
You can follow us on Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, and you can find out more about Jean and the show at The Daily Drive with Denise. Thank you so much, Jean, and thank you for all that you're doing with creativity and for the older adults in our world. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. That's a wrap.